Hey sister, this is Misty Williams, founder of HealingRosie.com, and I'm so excited to welcome you to Rosie Radio. Tune in to find clarity, direction, and hope for your healing. New episodes drop every Tuesday. We created this show to empower you to regain control of your life and feel like yourself again. Yes, sister, it is possible. Well, today we are going to have a conversation with my friend, Dr. Lindsay Elmore, about the mental health crisis that we're dealing with in the year 2022, two years into the pandemic, where collectively as a society, whether you're here in the United States or you're listening from the UK or Australia or some other part of the world, we have together gone through a really traumatic reckoning with this pandemic. There has been not only the controversy surrounding the pandemic itself, but the impact this has had on us at a micro level. You know, you think about um, the early days of the pandemic when all of us went into lockdown for the very first time. And I remember the first thought crossing my mind when I heard there were that we were going to um, go into two weeks to slow the spread was, oh my gosh, what about those families where home isn't a safe place? What about the women who are, you know, locked in homes with an abusive husband or the children who are locked in homes with parents whose marriage struggles where there's a lot of fighting and now they can't escape each other? You know, you think about kids. My own niece was in high school, still is in high school, and she experienced her sophomore year um, doing school from home for the first time, right? In a school district that really had no idea how to effectively teach children um, to learn um, in a remote setting. And she is just now starting to talk to me about the trauma that she endured through that time and the effect that it had on her mental health. She's actually using those words with me now, Aunt Misty. It was really, really hard on my mental health. And talking about how scared and overwhelmed she felt, the tremendous anxiety that she endured because she is basically locked in her room for a year. That's what it amounted to for her. She wasn't going to school. Her mom was very concerned about um, the safety of being out in public. So she actually didn't leave her home for a really long time. And it was very scary and overwhelming for her. You know, she's, she's in high school where everything counts for college and she has a year of really struggling with her grades and, you know, everything else that goes along with it. So collectively, we have been through a lot of mental and psychological trauma. And for many people, I see women in our community who are talking about the 20 or 30 or 40 pounds that they've gained during the lockdown, um, not moving, you know, not having your normal routines, maybe doing emotional stress eating to cope with what's happening. Um, and, and I'm seeing my cousins emerge from what happened with COVID actually feeling more fear, fearful than ever about what's happening in our world. I think the vulnerability of living in a society that can lock everyone down, like we've all been locked down for some people is a lot to process. And I want us to talk about this today with Dr. Lindsay, because this is a very real area of struggle that we're all dealing with. We are all trying to figure out what do we do about our emotional health through this time. We've seen marriages disintegrate, um, families broken apart because of what they've endured over the last couple of years. People are 
rebuilding their lives from the ashes of a really destructive time and they're struggling. They're struggling to cope. And um, I want us to unpack this a little bit and walk away from this conversation, not only collectively acknowledging what we've all been through, right? We have all been through a lot. Even the strong ones had to be strong for a really long time, right? So we've been through a lot. And what's important is where do we go from here? How do we manage all of this stress and anxiety and depression and the dissonance that we're feeling in our heads from a really traumatic time? So this is going to be a super powerful conversation. I'm so glad all of you joined us. Dr. Lindsay Elmore is a board certified pharmacist, functional medicine clinician, speaker, author, entrepreneur, yoga instructor, and world renowned wellness expert. She's an undergraduate. Um, with a degree in chemistry from the University of Alabama, Birmingham, and a doctorate in pharmacy from the University of California, San Francisco. Lindsay is a leader in the mental wellness movement and helps people craft their microbiome to reduce the risk of mental health challenges. Welcome, Lindsay. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Misty. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited for you to be here, and I'm excited for us to tackle this topic. Um, I set the stage here with some things that I'm observing in my own world as it relates to um, the world post pandemic, post March 2020, when everything kind of shifted on it on its axis for all of us. And mm-hmm. I think it would be helpful maybe if we just heard a little bit from you. What are you seeing in your corner of the world as it relates to um, our mental health after enduring two years of of lockdowns and fear around COVID and a virus and all the uncertainty that comes with it? Well, I think we've seen since 2020, 20% of U.S. adults received some sort of mental health treatment, and 16% of those were treated with prescription meds. And this is up from 2019 data, et cetera. And the National Alliance on Mental Illness reports that one in five adults has a mental illness problem each year. One in 20 has a serious mental illness. One in six youths age ages six to 17 has a mental health disorder. And what's even scarier is that the lifetime risk of mental illness is 50% by the age of 14 and 75% by the age of 24. That's that's staggering. And we also know that kids, you know, suicide is the second leading cause of death in people between the ages of 10 and 34. And during the pandemic, we saw an explosion in substance use use disorders, mental illness problems. 12 million Americans had serious thoughts of suicide because we are not built to be alone. We are built to have a community. And one in five people is saying the pandemic was really hard on me. Um, And the worst part of it is that it's harder now than ever to access mental health services. You know, people by the millions are saying, I couldn't get an appointment. I couldn't get a prescription. I couldn't get the needed care that I needed. Um, And we also saw an explosion of virtual mental health services, which, you know, you get skilled at doing 
podcasts virtually, but it's really hard to do like therapy and counseling. There is something about being in the room with someone else when it happens. And so it's very, very important for for us to keep in mind that having those one-on-one conversations is very, very important. So basically, we've had an explosion of mental health problems since the pandemic, and I am one of them. I mean, I was living in New York City when the lockdowns happened, and I remember day one when they were like two weeks to flatten the curve, I, I instinctually knew this is not how you handle a virus. Like you look at the Spanish flu um, of of the 1920s, people who were outside had better survivability than people who remained inside. And it makes sense. I mean, that's, I remember my mom teaching me that as a child, like if you're sick, you must air out your house. And so having having that immediate discord of something is off really started my mental health challenges. And then being in New York just started to see some really weird stuff, started having nightmares. And I just said, you know what? I've got to leave. I've got to leave. Um, There was one week when I didn't leave my apartment for six days straight. And I was just like, I am going to go batty. Like I'm going to go crazy if I, if I stay here. And there were a couple of final straws and just left, just left and said, I can't remain in, in New York anymore. And so that I am a product of the, the trauma that happened, uh, during the pandemic. And I think that a lot of people, maybe they had little T trauma, but now I think we basically all universally have big T trauma um, that needs to be dealt with and unpacked. Yeah, I remember feeling in the early days of the pandemic, you know, I always get my groceries delivered. Ever since Instacart became a thing, they have mm-hmm. brought the groceries to my house. I remember um, Roderick and I being so excited to go get our groceries from the grocery store because we got out of the house. It got us moving again, you right, know, right. Um, right. We, it, it changed our flow completely. I had a friend who um, had already been planning to move to Austin from LA mm-hmm. and she drove the Tuesday after the pandemic was announced. Um, she drove from LA to Austin and went into lockdown with us. And it was really hard and confronting to watch the, the, the messaging around like, being scared of being in each other's presence, you know? Oh, can we just take a step back and go, what a missed opportunity. What a missed opportunity. If instead of going on TV and saying, stay home, sanitize everything, wear a mask, avoid other people. What if we had gone on the news and said, hey, guys, There's a virus coming and we don't know a lot about it. And so we don't know what to expect. So what we have been telling you about staying a a normal body weight, exercising, sleeping well, stressing less, getting diverse vegetables in your diet. If we had gone 
that direction, we could have actually transformed American healthcare. And I heard an interview for a woman who ended up quitting um, Meals on Wheels during the pandemic because she was just like, you know, we're delivering this cheap, processed, genetically modified, uh, nutrient devoid food. Franken food. Yeah, Franken food, mm-hmm. food like products. It's not food, it's food like products. And we could be delivering actual food to make people healthy. I mean, the most unhealthy food you can eat in America is inside of a hospital. And that shows how much that we truly value health and well-being. I mean, if you're having if you're staying in a hospital, you better hope you got a friend to bring you some food because you're getting white bread and fruit juice. It's the most unhealthy food in all of America. It's 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 such a missed opportunity. I really think had we taken a step back and not been so obstinate about like, hey, all the things that we kind of joke around that you should do for your immune system, we actually need you to do all of them right now. And if we hadn't been so maniacal about like, you know, people were like, you can't say vitamin C helps your immune system. You can't say that adequate vitamin D stores are important for your immune system, that people who are normal body weight are less likely to have diabetes related um, infections, all the things. And so we just missed an opportunity and we were on a trajectory marching us towards very expensive new options for treatment instead of just taking a step back and going like, okay, well, coronaviruses have existed since the dawn of time. They're part of our virome. We've co-evolved with them. It's not like we haven't seen a coronavirus in the past, but, and and it's, it's also viral infections in general, are fairly similar, right? You know, if if you've got if you've got known supplements that help to support our immune system, why were we so just like no, nothing works? And I, I it was very much a missed opportunity to really empower people that like, hey you can take control of your health in a radical way that you have never done before. And we are going to help you. Yeah. I think there were definitely people in our space who were trying to be um, carriers of that message. I certainly saw, you know, people like Dave Asprey and, you know, a lot of the leaders in the natural health space speaking up and speaking out about things do to help um, the immune system. So, you know, I think that's part of the, the trauma really is, is, those of us who um, who consider ourselves part of the health space professionally, like this is this is where we've dedicated our life's work to see the messaging that has gone on um, about this virus and the way everything's been so politicized. That in itself has inflicted, you know, its own trauma, and we're all ultimately trying to figure out how do we deal with this? What do we do when when we're basically having messages thrown at us that don't feel good, that don't feel right in our bodies. Like what do we do when we're, when we're dealing with family members who are deeply afraid 
Um, one of my closest friends here in Austin didn't see his family for two years. They were afraid of getting together. And then once it was time for the family to get together, he started taking a lot of grief because he wasn't vaccinated and for personal reasons decided that wasn't the path that he wanted to take for himself. And so there was for a time this fear that my my family isn't going to want me to come around. And um, I was really a lucky one. My family has been on the side. They're very red. I grew up in Oklahoma and they've been on the side of, you know, we're going to be together and we're going to get through this together from the very beginning. And, um, and they've had a similar ideological perspective on what's happening, but I have friends who the friend that moved here during the early days of lockdown, her entire family's from New York. And, um, and you know, firsthand what it's like in the Northeastern United States and what the relationship is um, between the social structures up there and this virus and what you need to do in order to um, participate with the rest of society, right? Mm -hmm. So there's many, many layers to this trauma conversation. And I would love for us to just start talking really proactively, like what, what can we do now? How do we, how do we navigate this when we're in a soup of toxicity and, and trauma? And not only are we dealing with our own response to what's happening, but we're feeling the projected energy of people around us who maybe have their own response that could be different from ours that we're feeling like we have to navigate. You know, it's, it gets, it gets heavy in this space sometimes. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We just simply need to craft a state of well-being where each individual person knows their own inherent value, their own inherent worth, their their magical like unicorn skills that they have that nobody else has. Because when you know who you are and you know what you're capable of, it becomes much easier to cope with the normal stresses of life. And it becomes easier to work productively and work fruitfully and ultimately be able to achieve what I think human beings in general are here on earth for, which is to contribute to the greater good of of the world. And so we just need to take a step back and remember who we are. I mean, how many women do you know that just live in that day-to-day, I am not enough, I am not enough, I am not enough. And I'm here to tell you that you are enough, that you were created on purpose for a purpose. And so the first step is you have to you have to love yourself and you have to trust your gut. If you're living in a toxic soup of people telling you stuff that doesn't feel right to you, well, then hang out with different people. You know, literally go and hang out with other people. And, you know, I I am a big fan of the microbiome. I work on my gut microbiome um, because the gut is so critical for our mental wellness. We don't think about the gut that much, but the gut brain and microbiota axis is at the epicenter of this new approach to mental health. And so the microbiome 
literally programs our HPA axis, which is our stress axis. So the hypothalamus talks to the pituitary, which talks to the adrenal glands, which produce our cortisol. And the microbiome programs that early in life. And it leads to a stress response that lasts over the entire lifespan. And we know that the gut-brain axis is extremely important on anxiety and trauma-related disorders and that working on the microbiome can be a holistic way to link together the gut-brain axis. And so, you know, there are there are certain bacteria that live in your gut that can reduce cortisol, that produce serotonin, that produce more dopamine, that can help with our GABA signaling so that we get those parasympathetic signals going through our body instead of the sympathetic signals. Um, I also think there's been a lot of confusion over the past couple of years, and the confusion is something that we can address with nootropic um, supplements that can help with our cognition, our focus, our mental clarity, all of the things. There are probiotics that you can use that help to reduce nervous system inflammation, supplements that can help your, your um, neurons to fire together more effectively, you know, because we say in neuronal generation that that which wires together fires together and you can rewire your brain and what fire I said that backwards what fires together wires together and the more that you work on firing things in the right direction the better off you'll be so if right now you're living in just a huge boatload of stress number one one of my favorite things that I've learned in Al-Anon is never try to regulate anybody else's behavior other than your own. And yes, that breaks down a little bit when it comes to raising children and whatever, because there does have to be discipline and all the things. But I am so unconcerned what the person over there is doing. And I think that that can be powerful. If you can get to a place where you're like, I don't have to care what another person is doing because it's it's not it's not my circus and it's not my monkeys right mm -hmm. and so don't wrangle monkeys that aren't yours um and so that is a big deal and then listen friends if you are living under stress everything else is going to fall apart everything else is going to fall apart. And so I don't care what you do to stress less. If that's meditation, great. If it's going to bed an hour earlier, great. Is it uninstalling news apps from your phone? Great. Is it turning your phone off at 9 p.m.? I don't care. I don't care what it is that you're doing to stress less. But if you do not stress less, your gut is never going to heal. Your gut-brain axis is never going to heal. And if the gut-brain axis is leaky, you know, we talk about leaky gut all the time. But if you have leaky gut, you have leaky brain, leaky skin, leaky vagina, leaky lungs, leaky heart. It's all leaking and there is inflammatory mediators that are being dumped into your body. And 
if you can't stress less, nothing will ever heal. Stress, I believe, is the root cause of, I mean, in functional medicine, we talk about the eight root causes of disease, but there's a reason that stress is number one, right? That is the first S in the acronym that we remember because there is no disease that stress does not make worse and there is no disease that stress does not cause. And so we have to work on healing the gut and we have to work on bringing in key supplements that can help to specifically work on these neurotransmitters. Um, we also saw a ton of weight gain in the in the in the pandemic. And you know, I look at the average the average millennial gained 41 pounds between March of 2020 and February of 2021. That is a lifetime of problems waiting to happen. The average essential worker put on 38 pounds during the pandemic. And so now we're talking about, okay, that means that we're going to need probiotics that can help to shred belly fat. And there are those probiotics that exist. You can also focus on you know, we can work on um, eating foods that feed bacteria like acromantia, that is a bacteria of skinny people. And so when I think of mental wellness, you know, number one, you're your probiotics that you're using must be strain specific. It's not enough to just run to the grocery store and grab willy nilly a, a supplement. You need to know like, what does that strain actually do? Because some strains of bacteria are there for mental wellness. Others are there for weight loss. Others are there to help heal SIBO. Others are there to help with digestion. Like all of these trillions of bacteria that live on us, in us, and around us, they have different functions. And so you you have to know what you're getting into before just picking something randomly and going, oh, well, all probiotics are created equal. Um, and I also think it can't be understated that you can outstress, overeat, undersleep, and underexercise any supplement routine. And so we have to also have that self accountability of this isn't just about taking a supplement and allowing it to solve all my problems. That's, that's what Western medicine does. And we know that it doesn't work for chronic illness. And what, what we have to work on is getting to the point where our entire lifestyle is very healthy and the supplements are just adding on to all of the good stuff that we're already doing. Yeah. One of the things that's coming up as I'm listening to you talk about this is, you know, we can reflect on the the trauma and the overwhelm that we've experienced over the last couple of years. And in this moment, at the time of this recording, it's summertime in 2022. Not sure when everyone's going to be listening to this, of course, but you know, the the question that we need to be asking ourselves now is moving forward, what are we going to be committed to in our life? And um, really taking an inventory. I really like what you said about the different things that contribute to us feeling so stressed 
in our lives. You know, I think we could probably look at our reality right now and the things that are showing up in our world based on our responsibilities and the flow and the commitments that we have in our life and um, and consider like, is is this really the track that we want to be running on? And um, do we, the stressors that we're experiencing externally in our world, are we committed to this stress, right? Is this is this stress really important to us? And if there is something that needs to change, what has to shift so that those things can change? Because, you know, I think the the Western model of, you know, taking a pill to fix it, I'm sure there's a part of anyone that's feeling overwhelmed right now that um, would be relieved by the idea of taking a pill to fix it. But what we know is that um, the pills actually don't fix it in the ways that we're hoping for. They make a lot of things worse on the inside. And at some point, someday, we actually have to look at the reality of the lives we're living and um, really take inventory and decide what needs to shift and change. And, you know, that's a big topic. Um, it's a whole podcast in and of itself, you know, unpacking all of that, but, um, but there are things that we can do. And that's, that's the thing that I would love for people to take away from this interview is, you know, maybe I'm experiencing this reality, but what can I do? I think you've shared a lot of great things here, Lindsay, that people can consider from a supplementation perspective and certainly from, um, you know, taking moral inventory perspective, but we all need to proactively get acquainted with solutions. And Mm -hmm. um, I remember when I first started dating Roderick, one of the things that I, the language that I would use all the time with him um, was, this is what I want to create with someone. This language of creation, we talked about it a lot. And, you know, in the very early days of our relationship, you know, the us had not formed yet. It was Misty, a person getting to know Roderick, a another human being. And, um, and we started like basically playing in the sandbox. Well, if, if, if I'm going to be in relationship, Roderick lived in California at the time I was in Austin, you know, I don't want to create a long distance relationship with someone actually. Mm. Here's what I would like to create instead. And, you know, he talked about the things that he would love to create. He wanted a great home life with someone. He had a daughter who at that time was um, turning 19 and, Um, And he raised her as a single dad and he didn't get to have that, that home that he always envisioned growing up of having for a family. And I think with all of us looking at ourselves as creators of our reality, because we are, whether or not we acknowledge ourselves that way or want to really own that power we have to create, we are all powerful and we're creating all the time. Um, by mm-hmm. the the words we use, by the thoughts we think, by you know how we how we view what's happened to us over the last couple of years, how we view the future in light of what's happened to us, we are all powerful creators. And what that means is we do have the power to create something different if if we will step into that, you know, and step up for it um, and commit and resolve. I'm certainly not meaning to be trite; like it's so easy. Certainly, I've um, had. Yeah, but we're not here for easy. Yes, yes. We're not here for easy. The life is supposed to be hard. It's part, it's, it's, it's the human condition. It is the human condition. So, you know, there's a lot of things about making choices to change our lives that confront the part of us that doesn't like things to change, is afraid of what's on the other side of change, right? Mm-hmm. But the, my Phoenix has risen from these ashes enough times to know that, um, that the courage to change 
and the courage to create something different in our life is is the driving force behind um, creating a life and health and prosperity for yourself and your family. Um, you can't do it without it. And um, and I wish that for everyone listening that you that you tap into that courage and find a way to make the changes that you need to make in your life. I want to go back to something that you just said about everybody would like to take a pill to feel better, but here's the thing. Pain medications don't just make you not feel pain. They make you not feel anything. Anti-anxiety medications don't make you not feel anxiety. They make you not feel anything. They flatten the affect, right? Sleep medications do not actually get you restorative sleep because it destroys all of your REM cycles. So all of these like patchworks that we're putting on trying to feel better. I mean, who saw the study that came out this week that clearly shows that depression is not a serotonin problem? You know, we make up these theories of how disease works so that we can create medications that target the problems, right? But that's exactly the wrong approach. The whole name it, blame it, tame it that we do where we name a disease, blame it for the symptoms that you're feeling and tame it with drugs or surgery is broken. It's simply a broken system. You know, you get down to it, friends. There's only eight root causes of disease, right? Stress, toxins and toxicants, allergens and antigens, infections and dysbiosis, nutrient excesses and deficiencies, sedentaryism, sleep disorders, and sociogenomics. If it's not one of those, you're, you're, you're missing the point. And so we have to look at what is actually underlying the surface. Okay, so you feel anxious. What's underneath that? What's underneath that? And oftentimes it comes back to just our core, our core fears as human beings, you know, whether, you know, people are built driven towards vengeance, driven towards anger, driven towards fear, towards gluttony and lust and all of these things. And we simply have to take a step back and go, well, if there's a wolf and a sheep inside of me, how do I feed the sheep and quiet the wolf? And when we work on quieting the wolf of self-doubt of I'm not enough, lack mentality, you know, everything is terrible. It will always be terrible. And it's my fault that it's terrible. If you live in that world, yeah, you know, um, a a benzodiazepine is going to feel really good. But if you live in a world where you go, I am empowered enough to make this decision, I can do my own research. I can understand that I have special skills and talents that not everybody else can bring to the table. I have the ability to show up as myself and be respected for it. And that's where I want people to get to. I want people to understand that they... I mean, I already said it once, created on purpose for a purpose. And if you don't show up for yourself, your purpose doesn't get lived out. And the people around you, the community around you does not get served like they deserve from you. 
Yeah. And I know that this is a topic that you're super passionate about so much so that um, you've committed to um, launching podcasts and um, and being an advocate out there and teaching all of us. I know you have a summit coming up. Yes. Um, Engineering the Microbiome. Am I getting that right? Yes. yes. Engineering the Microbiome Summit, where you're going to dive deeper into um, a lot of dimensions of this conversation. And I would love for you just to tell us a little bit more about um, this event and what you have planned for us. So this event is perfect for anybody who is feeling like their gut is out of whack, their mental wellness is just not on target, people who can't lose the weight, going through crappy menopause, just can't sleep well at night, maybe people who are like suspecting that maybe I have a stealth parasitic infection or a mold toxicity, all of the things, you know, and your microbiome is also very important for your sexual health as well. And so we talk a lot about that. So in the summit, I interview more than 40 experts about everything from how to engineer your microbiome to prevent cancer, engineer your microbiome to prevent dementia. How do we engineer our microbiome um, for better skin health, engineering your microbiome for better sleep to protect you from EMFs? How do we use cutting edge therapies like ozone to engineer our microbiome? Um, What does meditation do to our microbiome? Because meditation has powerful impacts on your microbiome. And we even dive into how do we engineer our microbiome for better better menopause and even better orgasms we talk through. And so all of these industry experts coming together to really start talking about what 10 years ago, nobody was talking about. Nobody was talking about the importance of the microbiome years and years ago. And the emerging data is basically showing us very clearly that the microbiome impacts everything. It is on us, in us, around us. And part of the reason that we're so sick these days is because... We talk about the environmental impacts of the microbiome, like the soil microbiome is absolutely critical for generating vitamins and minerals that go into the plants that are grown. And so this is not, your microbiome is not just in you. It's it's in you, it's on you. It's shared between people and it is also shared as a communication tool for the entire world. So the microbiome is us. We are our microbiome. We have more bacterial cells living, not just bacteria, bacteria, yeast, fungi, viruses, archaea, all the things. We have more of those cells than we do human cells. We are more bacteria than we are human. And the entire world is coded in the microbiome. And so it's very important that we really start to dive into what does the science tell us about how important this is? Yeah. Well, I know 10 years ago when my journey started, um, the things that we have access to today and what we can do today to optimize where there were nowhere to be found mm-hmm. <laughs> a decade ago, things have come a long way over the last 10 years. And I'm really excited that you've put this together to help educate all of us. I know when I've hosted um, similar events, the education that I get as the host is pretty phenomenal. 
getting yes. to talk to some of the top experts in the world, but it's also mm-hmm. really amazing to be able to invite people in to peer into these fantastic conversations and start connecting the dots on your own issues and things that you can do, getting those two millimeter shifts, you know, that can make all the difference in the results you're getting. So right. you're going to have a link to sign up for this summit in the show notes over at healingrosie.com. If you would like to join Lindsay and the 40 experts that she's um, brought together for this event, tell us the dates of the it event. It will be live, free and online September 26th until October the 2nd. That's right. 2022. So hope all of you can go sign up for that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lindsay. This has been a phenomenal conversation. I hope it was thought provoking for everyone listening in, uh, made you think about where you're at with the pandemic narrative and um, given you some ideas on some things that you can do to start creating some shifts in your life. So this has been great. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys soon. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you're feeling more empowered to overcome your flabby, foggy, and fatigued and to reclaim your life. If you haven't subscribed yet, don't forget to hit that subscribe button right now so you don't miss any of our episodes. We have some awesome shows coming right up. I love reading your reviews and comments too. They inspire me and encourage other Rosies to hang out with us and learn all these amazing strategies for healing and living our best lives. Till next time, sister. Bye. Bye.